Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Hi, Dave here, and welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Voice, our fun little podcast. And a special thanks to all of our listeners who continue to support us and listen and give us feedback about the show. We, we so much appreciate that. And a special little thought I wanted to send out to everyone just to be safe and stay strong as we march on through the end of this year as the year unfolds in such interesting times we're living in um, with the quite a share of heartache and challenge for many of us. So I, I just want to wish you all strength and health and wellness and hope you all are staying safe. Have a great show for you today with a dear friend and local yoga teacher here in Indianapolis, Anna Hoke. She's been around many years, and I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with her. Uh, one of her um, main teachers, Todd Norian, has been on our show not too long ago. But we had a great conversation. I got to learn learn more about Anna and her yoga journey, which began with its roots in a small town in Pennsylvania, actually not too far from Kapalu, and Early on, Kapalo became her yoga home, and she has found, I don't know, been there dozens of times over the years. So she's found a lot of uh, centering and grounding in the programs there and teaching. So uh, she taught that style of yoga for a while, and then then found Anyasara and just fell in love with that and taught it, I think she said about seven years and then she evolved to a vinyasa style of teaching, which again, she did for many, many years. And then finally, in the past few years, she's landed on a really a hybrid type of teaching where she's blending vinyasa with a heart-centered practice and a focus on a practical functionality. So she's sharing her wisdom from years of being a teacher and a yoga practitioner, um, and much, much more. So, so we just had a, a great conversation. We could have gone on for hours, but we want to, you know, save some for the next time. And with that, I hope you all do enjoy the show. Welcome, Anna. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I'm so excited to uh, to be your guest on the show today. Yeah, that's well. It's my it's an honor to have you here, and uh, I know we talked about it months ago, and, and so we finally we're finally here. So that's awesome. Um, well, we I, I mentioned earlier. I usually like to start off with this very basic question: to what is inspiring to you about yoga today as a way to kind of get our conversation rolling. Yeah, that's a really great question. And 
Um, for me, it's multifold. I think one of the things that inspires me um, on a, a larger scale is the fact that if I'm watching TV, I now see uh, many different commercials that are using people in yoga poses or utilizing the practice of yoga to promote whatever product they're selling. <laughs> but it inspires me that um, that yoga is becoming so much more visible to uh, a greater population. So I'd say that's probably one thing that inspires me. Um, but on a more personal note, what is really inspiring me right now is just the, the reminder of how welcoming and how accommodating the practice of yoga really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's key to our resilience of coming through this, all this, you know, stress that 2020 has brought on. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, I like that. I like that. Um, that view of, you know, what we see in mainstream culture, you know, mainstream media and, and culture, um, calling out yoga and, and it's for whatever thing they're trying to focus on. And, and there's a pretty big variety out there I found too, as well. So, yeah. um, so, well, what, what, um, this is a good way to get our listeners to get to know you. Just talk about your yoga journey, sort of what, what your journey was like before yoga. Make sure that's up. Um, what happened to kind of bring you to yoga and then what's it been like since then? And, and uh, it can be as long of a story as you want. <laughs> so. Okay, great. Um, yeah. I always appreciate, I, I actually really love my story. So <laughs> I, I appreciate when I have an opportunity to, to tell it. Um, I originally found yoga when I was in my late twenties and uh, I was in a profession that wasn't fulfilling to me. I was in a relationship that wasn't fulfilling to me. And at the time, I don't know that I even recognized that. And so I was, I think, around 28. And um, I just started feeling a lot of anxiety in my life. And um, over a period of several months, the anxiety continued to grow and grow. And then I started having panic attacks that were, I would say, moderate to severe. At the time, I didn't have a physician. And just by luck, a girlfriend of mine was dating a holistic physician and said, go see him. <laughs> so I did. And one of the first things that he suggested to help me manage my stress and my anxiety was to try a yoga class among some of the other practices that he had mentioned. And I did. I took his advice. And of course, now this was nearly 30 years ago um, in Pennsylvania, close to Amish country. And at that time, there was truly like one yoga teacher around and I found her and I started taking yoga with her and immediately I started 
um, really experiencing the benefits of connecting to my breath and the benefits of moving my body. And I fell in love pretty much after the second or third class. Now, she was also a shiatsu practitioner, which uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, shiatsu is, um, it's kind of like acupuncture, but you don't use needles. So it's acupressure therapy. And I also started seeing her on a weekly basis for this shiatsu treatment, which just helped me to balance my energies. You know, it works with the meridian system and started feeling just more grounded, started gaining more clarity about where the anxiety was coming from. Um, and once I gained that clarity, that helped me to make some challenging decisions in, in my life, but decisions that were uh, more supportive of who I really was and what I wanted in my life. So I practiced with her for a couple years. And then one day she was an older woman. She said that she was retiring from teaching yoga. And outside of my devastation, <laughs> I just felt this deep, deep inner calling that I was supposed to follow in her path, that um, I was supposed to get my training. And uh, she was trained at Kripalu Center, um, and for those listeners who aren't familiar with Kripalu, it's, um, it's a big yoga and spiritual center in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts, and that's where she was trained. So I went after practicing yoga for just a few years and got my certification in the Kripalu style yoga. And I started teaching right away. I rented space from uh, my grandmother's church and I led weekly classes in the basement room. And that, that's sort of what got my teaching career or teaching, uh, you know, yoga career off the ground and running. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, I think I taught the Kripalu style yoga for about seven years. Now, um, when I mentioned earlier when we started this interview, how what's inspiring me with yoga is how accommodating it is. And I, I've noticed over my, I think I've been practicing now, oh gosh, well, since two, since 19... 95, maybe somewhere in that general range. Um, and I feel like yoga has really been there to support me through all my transitions as a yoga practitioner, as a yoga teacher, and as a human being. So uh, the Kripalu style of yoga is, at the time anyway, was much less focused on the physical aspect and it was really focused on the spiritual aspect of the practice. And I feel very fortunate that that is what I was introduced to when I started practicing yoga. Um, and so I taught that style for seven years and that was great. And then I stumbled upon um, 
Todd Norian. Okay. Yep. Is, of course, we both know Todd quite well. Yeah, he's he's been on the show, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually decided to, to do a holiday workshop at Kripalu. Um, Kripalu, I was single at the time and didn't really have any commitments. So I did a retreat from Christmas to New Year. And it just so happened that Todd was leading that retreat. And it was right when he stepped into Sara style of yoga. And I immediately fell in love with Todd. And I immediately fell in love with the Anusara style of yoga. And then I felt that was my calling. Okay, it's time to uh, continue evolving as a practitioner and as a teacher. And so I ended up doing Todd's teacher training in the Anusara style of yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, what I really loved about that style was the focus of the heart but then it also brought brought in all the aspects of the physical practice. Mm-hmm. So I was able to really step a little more fully into the physical aspect of the practice and then integrate that with the spiritual aspect. And boy, you know, at the time, I just <laughs> felt like, okay, I was on fire. Mm-hmm. My yoga practice was really helping me gain a much deeper understanding of who I was and continuing to understand how I wanted to show up in the world and what I wanted from myself and from my relationships. And um, it was really quite uh, a beautiful offering, this style of Anusara yoga that I had connected with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I started teaching Anusara yoga and I taught Anusara for maybe another seven years. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Lost track of all the timing. Um, and then, as you know, and as many I'm sure know, there was um, some challenges in the <laughs> Anusara um structure. And as I started moving forward past that, that's kind of when I found a vinyasa style yoga. So that was, I guess you could say in many ways, my third transformation with my practice and my teaching. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, I had moved to Indianapolis right about then and um, started teaching sort of a blend of a heart-centered, alignment-focused <laughs> vinyasa-style class and taught that through Invoke Studio downtown. Um, I think I taught there for 11 years and taught this particular sort of hybrid style of yoga and was really in love with that too. And um, I just saw how it was really serving myself as a practitioner, as a teacher, as a human, and really serving my students and the community that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I feel about two, maybe three years ago, I did my most recent transformation 
And that's when I stumbled onto Michelle Finch. Mm -hmm. And she had been for a few years studying um, a functional approach to yoga. And I was very intrigued with this and got to know her more and gain an understanding uh, studied a lot with her and anatomy and how, uh, you know, each individual person's anatomical structure can really impact how they show up in their yoga practice. And so the last couple of years, I have been studying with Michelle. And in fact, uh, Michelle and I are teaching partners at the present moment. And and so now my own personal practice and what I teach is uh, a vinyasa style, heart centered yoga that looks through the lens of functionality. So <laughs> that's kind of the story of what brought me here today. Oh, oh. Well, that's so cool. And that um, I, I can appreciate your story. I mean, you've been practicing yoga longer than I have. And I, but I've kind of come to that place of that functional style of yoga the last couple of years. And, and um, I know in like in our teacher training, there've been, you know, that's been more of like functional anatomy has always kind of been a part, but it seems like that's been growing over the years. And that, uh, and you know, I think as we learn more about ourselves, our yoga evolves, you know, and it kind of sounds like that's what you were experiencing. Um, so talk a little bit about your, like, what's it like when you get on your mat today? I mean, we, we talk about how the mat, our yoga mats kind of our laboratory, right, to find yeah. this inward journey and awareness and understanding. And so what, when you roll out your mat today, kind of what's that like for you? Yeah, well, it's certainly very different than it was even a couple years ago. Um, I'm, I'm really honoring how my body is changing. Uh, I'm going to be turning 53 soon and uh, certainly, as, as you know, it's not the same body <laughs> as it was <laughs> even a couple years ago. Um, so I feel, particularly since I've been studying a more functional approach, when I step onto my mat, I'm, I'm able to let go of an agenda. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can remember it wasn't that years ago excuse me, it wasn't that many years ago, but for a long time, I had a lot of very specific asana goals. Mm -hmm. And when I would step onto my mat, there was always an agenda of what drills I needed to do or what kind of poses I needed to do in order to get me ready for some of these asanas that were on my bucket list, I guess you could say. And one of those is handstand. Um, and that was great because I had a lot of fun and, you know, it, it served its purpose at the time. But now I think I still really enjoy handstand, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's definitely on the bottom of the priority list. Mm 
Um, It's a much more organic practice for me now. When I step onto my mat, I, I guess I listen a little more closely. I let my body drive my practice rather than letting my uh, checklist of poses (laughs) drive my practice. So in that way, it's been a much more nourishing practice. You know, in some days when I get on my mat, I might realize 10 minutes in that what I really need is a restorative practice or a yin practice. And and that's what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess maybe, you know, as I've gotten wiser over the years, uh, I'm just listening to my body more and, and, and bringing all of it together and, and seeing where my practice takes me. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Cause like the longer we're in these bodies, you know, I got you by about five years. So we're, <laughs> we're like, the more awareness, if we're, if we're paying attention, and that's the beauty of yoga is it designed for us to pay attention. And, and I'm, my practice is kind of similar in that way where, um, you know, it's less of a vigorous, you know, I've done over the years, a lot of power yoga, a lot of ashtanga, and, and I still appreciate like the foundations of those practices and the, like the ashtanga lineage, but, like I came into yoga through meditation, you know, I started meditation journey in my twenties and didn't find yoga until my forties. So I had this couple decades of mindfulness as a way of life, you know, work in a corporate environment and all that. And and then always really physically active. So when I found yoga, I was like, Oh wow. Like early two thousands, first class I went to recommended as a, so I was doing marathons and like, oh, the stretching would be good for you. And it was in a church, you know, because like this was, I don't even think City Yoga was open yet. And uh, the uh, I was like, there's definitely a sort of meditative quality. To, it was kind of a basic Hatha Yoga class. And um, actually, City Yoga was open because the teacher it had gone through was one of the first graduates from the City Yoga teacher training. <laughs> And um, anyway, that kind of began this, this yoga journey. But what I was going to say on my mat today, I find myself thinking like, like, uh, or noticing like what my psoas is doing. (laughs) I mean, and maybe it's from all the, you know, anatomy work and things, but but you find yourself like we have so much body awareness. You're like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you get, yeah. And I think it's like so interesting to be, um, um, to get our bodies on, uh, that what's happening with the organs and the muscles and the bones and the alignment. My hope is that will help us age, age better <laughs> where like we want, I guess my hope is that we won't, or I won't be ignoring things like, oh, you know, um, this is what's going on with my back or my knees or my elbows, or, you know, what joints, muscles, bones, there's an awareness there that we can, that we can pay attention to and uh, avoid having 
you know, something small becomes something big, which happens when the body ages, I guess. But, but, uh, but, you know, I, I like the energy I get from yoga. It makes me feel like young and vibrant and, um, which I still am fifties, fifties is not old. That's like, that's like halftime in the if life is, you know, I, sorry to use a football analogy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> or sports analogy, but yeah, I feel like I'm just a little past halftime right now. So, so, um, yeah, I, I would totally agree with you there. I notice, um, well, each decade that I've entered into or towards the end of each decade, I've, I've, you know, I've kind of uh, claimed, oh, my 30s were my best decade yet. And then it was my 40s were my best decade yet for, you know, whatever reasons. Um, and so far in my 50s, I feel like my 50s are my best decade yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was saying I, I totally, totally feel you on that same, same level. And, and um, it's kind of like a good little segue into one thing where I was thinking about, um, when I was talking to Todd, he's a little bit older than both of us. And he had this, it seems like he's having the best time of his life right now mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, like his, his, this vibrant energy. He's done a lot of exciting stuff online. Um, now, when you first went to Kripalu, oh, was the first time you were there, was that when you met Todd or had you gone, had you gone there, but you've been going there for a while. Yeah, I had been going to Kripalu quite frequently. I have this running joke that I'm surprised they haven't named their newest wing after me. That's <laughs> how many times? I think I've been to Kripalu 26 times, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, you know, I was living at, in Pennsylvania when I started my yogic journey. And because we only had one resource of yoga available, uh, Kripalu really became my yoga home or my spiritual home. And because the yoga community at that time where I was living was very small for me to feel really fed and nurtured by the yoga practice, uh, you know, I would make a trip to Kripalu and do a weekend training or a week-long training or retreat. So I had been going to Kripalu a couple times a year, probably, I think, for about seven or eight years before I met Todd. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you, you've been teaching and doing all that because I was just trying to think, he, he was director of training for Kripalu, and then he basically became that same role with Anusara. Um, and yeah. I don't remember the timeline. So you, so you met him while he was still director of training at Kripalu. That... Well, I had met him then, but I was studying from uh, another resident at Kripalu who was referred to as Yoganand. Okay. Um, who was a, a good friend of Todd's when they both were residents there at Kripalu. Um, so I had met Todd and I knew who he was, but I wasn't studying under, I was studying under Yoganon. Okay. And the first time that I took the holiday retreat with Todd, um, he had left Kripalu as a resident and then had found the Anusara style 
and was coming back and leading these workshops. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's when I found my way to him. And then of course, fell in love with him and Anusara and then basically became, you know, his disciple for many years after that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he has a book coming out. Have you heard about his book? I have, and I am very, very excited to own that book. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, and then, um, you know, he talks, you know, he's on a Tantra path and, and uh, like one of my teachers that uh, Saguru Jagi Vasudev is, it's a tantric, tantric path that I've gone to him to learn a lot of more of the sort of de- deeper dimensions of yoga, if you will, where it's more about um, meditation, energy and pranayama and bandhas and mudras, you know, more meditation than anything. And that um, uh, just kind of a little transmission of wisdom, if you will, from a traditional lineage. lineage. And um, but that I know I've talked to Todd about kind of some of the tantric philosophy and um, interesting to note, too, though. So my vinyasa teacher is uh, Rolf Gates, and he got his start at Kripalu as well, back oh. in the little, uh, it may have been the eighties, late eighties, early nineties. And uh, then he, he was an East coast guy and he had hooked up with uh, like Baron Baptiste and was, was, he was teaching yoga on the East coast when it just exploded. He's like, yeah, I had like 14 classes with 60 people every week. <laughs> it was like crazy. <laughs> but um uh, but, and now he's, he is, um, actually, I just did a refresher course. Um, I did his, you know, the 300 hour advanced about seven or eight years ago. And then he was doing another one at city yoga. So I kind of sat in and participated with it as a, I just wanted to hang out with them and get, you know, get to get to be around teachers. And uh, of course we ended up online after about five months, cause it was a 14 month training but anyway, um, and he's uh, explored a lot of sort of Buddhist um, philosophy with Jack Cornfield and Spirit Rock. But anyway, so, but he and Todd did stuff together on that first training that I did, did with Rolf. And um, so I've got to connect with um both of them over the years and, and Todd in particular, we talked um, on the show not too long ago and he was, um, we were talking about his book, you know, so I, I got a little sneak preview and, and um, it's got like his journey and, and the, uh, um, and we talked a bit about Tantra and, and so that's been a really interesting um, dualism, non-dualism kind of thing, right. Where, uh, these deeper dimensions of yoga. And I know you talk a lot, you talk a lot about the, uh, the physical body and the, the functional yoga. And, and, and I know you're a, you know, anatomy, you know, guru. <laughs> so, um, cause I've been, I've been to your class. It's been a while, but I know you have, a, I, I get, get it when you were saying like a kind of a heart centered alignment focused, I always got that vibe from you. And, um, but I'm curious, like, as far as yoga philosophy, what's your 
what's your like passion today as far as self-study, I guess? Yeah, well, um, I also have been studying and following Tantra for probably my whole um, time that I've been engaged in yoga. And that started at Kripalu um, and the Tantric philosophy and the lineage of Swami Kripalu. And I've, I've really been studying that the whole time and deeper layers of that. Um, my philosophy teacher is Douglas Brooks, who um, I'm sure you're familiar with him. And um, it really is quite wonderful in the way of how the philosophies are continuing to offer me these avenues of growth and introspection and clarity, um, wisdom, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things for me that I, I feel, so I've had a pretty consistent daily meditation and pranayama practice for close to 15 years now. Mm -hmm. um, and although I definitely love the physical aspect of the practice, I do truly feel like it's my meditation practice and my pranayama practice that really, really nourish me and keep me balanced and um, feed me with that vitality and uh, clarity as I move throughout my life. Um, but it's been a really wonderful journey. And uh, I was just telling what I'm, I'm about a month and a half into uh, leading the 200 hour teacher training now. And I was just telling the trainees the other day that for me personally, as I continue to grow in my yoga practice um, I'm gaining more clarity that for me, my definition of yoga is refined awareness. Mm -hmm. And that definitely has come from studying the tantric tradition and um, diving into these pranayama practices and the meditation practices, which are all tantric based. Um, yeah, so that was almost in many ways an epiphany that I've had for myself about what yoga means to me now is refined awareness and um, using that refined awareness to make more skillful decisions <laughs> and um, to just live more balanced and more skillfully um, you know, I continue to study Tantra. I've, I've studied Buddhism a little bit, um, but I don't really know that much about it. I feel like I'm so fed by Tantra that I haven't really had much of a desire to explore outside of that. Interesting. Well, that, that, uh, and you've been at it for a long time. Um, like two things came to mind. Um, well, well, first, the uh, I was, you know, doing programs and studying with uh, Sadhguru for really probably a couple of years before I realized that that this is tantric philosophy. <laughs> you know, I mean, that 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 uh, kind of the uh, 
Shiva um, focus. And it's very, I was like, Oh, this is, this is very tantric, <laughs> but um, I, and maybe it's because both my parents were teachers. I just, I love learning, which I know you do too. Cause I was thinking about that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Anna does trainings. Like I, I do like you have a passion yeah. for learning. And so I've been exploring, if you look in my house, I mean, there's stacks of books on all these ancient yogic texts and, and um, all that. But what I, th that popped into my mind about Sadhguru, but the other thing that popped in was how, how do you um, see your meditation and pranayama practice working with your physical asana practice? I mean, um, I'm sure you can't imagine one without the other, but how do they work in tandem today, I guess? That's a great question. Well, I feel that when I come to my mat for my asana practice, um, particularly since I have really let go of my agenda, mm -hmm. um, that to me is where I'm really feeling the full circle of the practice. And I always had felt, even though I had a pretty, um, we'll use the word strict um, attachment or relationship with very focused alignment in my yoga practice and the breath, you know, utilizing the rhythm of the breath. So I, I feel like I've always had the opportunity for my physical practice to be in many ways, a meditation in motion, mm -hmm. utilizing my breath to keep me focused in the moment, um, you know, with it, with a, an awareness on what was going on in my body. And it just feels today that it's a richer experience for me um, as I, as I kind of think of the definition of yoga for me now as refined awareness, it, it seems to be more integrated. You know, I, I observe and participate with my breath rather than necessarily, um, controlling my breath. And so it's, it's more integrated in a way that my breath informs me, my focus informs me of how my body's moving, but my body also informs me of where I need to perhaps put a little more of my focus or a little bit of my uh, less of my focus. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very, my practice now is very fulfilling. Usually uh, when I get up in the morning, I do have my cup of coffee and then I go to my mat and I do uh, the first half of my practice is a pranayama practice and then a meditation practice. And then I don't usually get on my mat for the physical aspect of my practice until later in the morning. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, um, you know, they, they are a separate practice. And then when I come to my physical practice, bringing in the breath and the insight that I've gained from meditation um, brings it all, all together in a, in a rich and harmonious way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that answer. And, and 
you added the third component component of uh, which I have in my practice as well. Um, coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always been a coffee drinker. Um, although I did go for 11 years of my life, which was mostly over my thirties, I quit coffee and quit all caffeine for 11 years. If you can wow. imagine. Wow. I know. And then I'm going to blame my husband. When I first moved in with him, uh, he was grinding his coffee beans every morning. And after about two months, you know, the smell got the best of me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was back on coffee again. But, um, you know, I have one cup in the morning to greet my day. And that sort of gets my motor running and my juices flowing. Um, and then I'm, and then I'm good to go. And then I'm on my mat for breath work and meditation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, um, so speaking of Chuck, now, how did you, how did you guys meet? Was there, do I have a vague memory? It was somehow related to yoga that you guys met? It is 100% related okay. to yoga and to Todd Norian. Ah, oh, this, I got to hear this story. Yeah, it's a really great story. Uh, so I was in living in Pennsylvania at the time, and Chuck was living here in Indianapolis. And um, when I decided to do Todd's teacher training, Chuck had somewhere along the way been introduced to him. And now Chuck had already done a teacher training. He was originally trained in Ashtanga. Uh, and then found Todd along the way and fell in love. And this is when Todd was leading his trainings uh, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So we both signed up for the training and just happened to have our mats beside each other, which was just random. And to make a very long but sweet story short, that's <laughs> how we met, uh, but we didn't really get to know each other until training was over um, because I was such a dedicated student. I was not there (laughs) to socialize or to create relation, you know, romantic relationships. I was there to learn. (laughs) Um, And it was actually many, many months after the training was over uh, Chuck randomly sent me an email and said, Hey, remember me? Are you interested in corresponding? And I said, sure. What could it hurt? <laughs> and we um, created this great relationship via email for about four months. And we just became really great friends. We never even spoke on the phone in that time. Mm-hmm. Became really great friends and, um, finally Chuck was like, okay, I think it's time for you to come to Indianapolis so we can actually have a conversation in person. (laughs) Um, so I did, I flew to Indianapolis and I think about day three, I just knew in every cell of my body that, um, this was it. He was the one for me. (laughs) And I think I moved to Indianapolis about four months later. Oh, wow. So you you had a a whirlwind and that's, and you guys have been together a long time now. So yeah, it's been almost 13 years now. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
So that's very cool. So that's what brought you to Indianapolis. Uh, I was going to ask that question, but you answered it yep. for me. <laughs> yep, it was a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so, and then you've, um, I think maybe the last time I saw you in person, well, it's probably, I've probably seen you since then, but a couple of years ago was at the, you were leading a part of a retreat in Mexico. Um, are you still doing retreats or how, how long have you got into that? Um, taking people off and doing retreats, what kind of, how has that been for you? Yeah, well, I, many years ago, gosh, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago by now, um, Chuck and I had led a couple consecutive yoga retreats to Costa Rica. And I think one of my students said, hey, if you ever do a retreat, let me know. And that kind of sparked the idea, you know, six or seven years ago. And we led a couple years of retreats to Costa Rica and they were all really great. Of course, it's Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, you can't go wrong. Um, and in the meantime, we started doing a fall retreat down in New Harmony, Indiana. Yeah. That was a uh, Friday through Sunday. Um, now, you know, of course, this year we had to cancel, which is unfortunate. This would have been our eighth or ninth year at New Harmony. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we always loved that because we could take a lot of local yogis, you know, people who would come to our classes, but we never really had a time to get to know. And so that was always really special for Chuck and I to have this fall retreat in New Harmony mm -hmm. and get to know our students and really create deeper bonds of community. Um, so we do plan, hopefully starting next year, to continue with our Fall New Harmony retreat. Um, and in the meantime, Michelle Finch and I have, um, well, we were supposed to lead a retreat to Guatemala mm -hmm. in, oh gosh, isn't that crazy? Just since COVID, I'm like losing sight of time. Oh, I, we all are. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. So I think that was in July, but of course we had to postpone that. And now it's scheduled for next June and July. We're doing two weeks back to back. Oh, cool. um, so hopefully we'll make it there. I'm not <laughs> sure if we will or not, but that's the intention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, um, you know, brings kind of another, another question about like how, I mean, how do I word this? So I guess what, what do you see shifting about yoga now? And then, and of course this other part two of the question is probably not fair, but like, <laughs> is how do you see yoga um, I'm going to say like transitioning. I mean, I, I don't know. I read a statistic the other day, like half the yoga studios in America are closed. Um, yeah. and a lot of them probably won't reopen. Um, the, um, and, and, you know, a lot of businesses are in a shift, you know, like, um, I was listening to the thing yesterday, like, like the tech giants are like, yeah, like, like our staff is, is definitely working from home until mid 2021 
so so they're looking at these giant office buildings that need they only really need like 25 percent of their space there's all these little shifts happening but in like our yoga world um i think like sort of like the typical yoga studio model is is a thing of the past um the uh pack the classes with people mat to mat is a thing of the past and um but i feel like there's like a little energy shift going on with uh, and i don't know i mean i know gems that are open back up and kind of doing the same old thing you know where there's like a holding on to the old past model but which like where are you at with what you see has happened in the last what it's almost nine months, right? Since, yeah. like, and um, eight months since March, I guess. But um, I don't know. What, what, what do you feel like your experience has happened? And what do you see the future looking like, I guess, would be my question. Yeah, well, that, that's a big question. Um, my experience is... I have now that I've been teaching exclusively virtually, you know, since COVID hit. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about the opportunity to connect through a yoga class virtually is I'm finding that I have students or people who are coming to classes for the first time ever mm-hmm. who had expressed to me that they'd always wanted to try yoga, but they always felt very intimidated to go into a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. So I I really love that aspect of the virtual platform is that in many ways, I feel like it's opening doors for people to try yoga because of course they can turn their cameras off and they can sort of explore their body and their yoga practice in the privacy of their own home without feeling intimidated by what they might perceive as more advanced yogis or experienced yogis around them. Um, So for me, I, I just think that's a wonderful benefit of the virtual yoga world. And I know that I have had a lot of my long-term yoga students who have expressed something very similar that although, of course, they miss the in-person connection, how wonderful for them, they've been, uh, they've tapped into a deeper level of courage to try poses, like let's just for an example, maybe say an arm balancing pose that maybe they would have shied away from in, uh, you know, a live studio class for fear of embarrassment if they fell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate and love that aspect that it's allowing yogis to be more curious and take more chances uh-huh. with their physical practice. Um You know, it's funny because before COVID, if anyone would have said to me, do you ever see yourself uh, teaching yoga classes virtually or even doing teacher training virtually? I would have said, absolutely not. It could never work. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But with with, uh, pretty strong resistance in the beginning, I released that and I've really embraced it. 
I definitely miss the in-person contact, and, but I can clearly see how, you know, I don't think this virtual yoga platform is going away. No, um, it's, it's, it's here to stay for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, same. yeah and I have so many students who have said to me, you know, it's actually quite refreshing that I don't have to bring a duffel bag with a change of clothes and get stressed out driving to the yoga studio. And I don't have to worry about, you know, being sweaty when I leave class or whatever. Like I can do yoga in my pajamas if I want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I teach some 6am classes and uh, <laughs> it's, it's pajama yoga, you know, <laughs> it's like throw on some shorts or whatever and just, yeah roll out your mat and uh it's yeah I, I think you're right you know like what's the old saying like necessity is the mother of invention so yeah. we, we have this platform that and i've known teachers of that were had embraced online teaching you know like um kino has been you know doing dvds and hd tv and then she started her own like tv channel last year which is like like very fortunate <laughs> that um, that that you know the people that were before us really you know had a like a you know not necessarily foresight but before COVID they 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 had this platform pretty well under, understood where I, I can remember like during you know coming right into lockdown having to figure it out. Yeah. Like, okay, we're closing Sunday and Monday. We need to have 30 classes online. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's been a, but it's, but I like what you said, you know, it, it gives people, and I, I totally agree that it's broadened the scope of people practicing yoga. And I think like we kind of don't realize that because um, classes and studios are smaller um, if, if they're doing any type of social distancing, they're smaller. Um, they're, so it feels like there's less people doing yoga, but then when you look at, if you just go through free classes on YouTube, you know, or Venmo, there's, there's a lot of like the number of views are just skyrocketing. I mean, there's just so many people, whether they're signing up through a studio to do an online class or they're doing free yoga or they're, you know, they're doing workshops or online training. Um, it's because they're at home and they're yeah. in the comfort of their home and they may even be intimidated by signing up for an actual class with a live teacher. Yeah. It's much more because I've talked to people that have come to class that have been practicing yoga on their own and they have their favorite online teacher and it's not, they're not taking live classes. So, you know, it's like pre-recorded, um, you know, classes with teachers, some are live, not to say that. And that gave them the courage and built them the foundation to show up at a class, you know, or sign up for a workshop or a training or, you know, do, do expand their yoga practice. So, um, so I don't know. It's inter I think it's a, we're in this interesting shift, and I can't put my finger on it exactly. 
what is shifting other than, um, I don't know, I, I try to study trends in history and okay. like, like looking at like what's yoga was like in the America in the seventies versus like the eighties and kind of eighties and nineties was, was a big boom, you know? Yeah. And then rolling into the two thousands and, but like what like the yoga practice that's practiced in most studios and on most mats now it's much different than it was say in the nineties or when, when you, when you started practicing yoga and, um, and, and it maybe in some ways it hasn't changed a whole lot, but I think it, in some ways it's had, it's changed a lot, you know? And, yeah. um, and it, I don't know if you think about this, the nature of we're, we're all, the longer people are teaching, you're going to be a different teacher when you you know, than when you've been teaching two years versus 25 years. <laughs> and the number of teachers has grown exponentially, you yeah. know. This, and so I think, I think that speaks to like the quality of yoga being taught is shifting because like of people like yourself that have this depth and the things that you shared about that. I like that term, that refined awareness, you know, that yoga has become. Um, and I, I just got to believe that is appealing to people. Um, and there is a, there is, I didn't think there could really be a personal connection online. That's why I never wanted to teach it until this happened. And then I experienced it like, Oh, you can, you can connect with people on this little digital format. It's different. And I'm, and I've done both. I've done, you know, the um, virtual and in-person social distance. And um, I think, I think probably the thing I would miss the most is those little spontaneous moments that, you know, conversation after class, walking to your car or standing in the lobby, um, waiting in line for the restroom. You know, there's those little kind of spontaneous moments that, that we kind of miss um, I mean, we can have a little connection before and after class online, which is great and I'm not knocking that at all, but I do because I'm more of a tactile person, you know, I'm like, I vibe on other people's energy and I love like, you know, that, um, connection of physical presence. Um, but, uh, who was, I was talking to. Todd, he's like, you know, you can transmit some Shakti through the digital waves. <laughs> like, all right, brother, you got it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, so that's so. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think like like digital teaching and classes for yoga is here to stay. Um, yeah, I, I. I. I agree. Like, I, I can't at this point foresee a future where I will not have a virtual presence. Um, and I'm also looking forward to getting back into the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, for me personally, I think the future holds both. And, you know, as you had mentioned with your teacher training right now, my teacher training is all virtual. And again, if someone had asked me a couple of months ago, is a virtual teacher training an effective way to train? I would have said absolutely not. But 
Oh yeah. It has forced me to be more creative and more, um, you know, innovative with how I teach and how I lead and how I make the connections. Um, so, but I, I agree. I look forward to the day when I can have those conversations waiting in line for the bathroom or walking to the car. Yeah. 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 And there's, you know, the, um, and even if you're in those situations now with a mask on, you're miss, missing a lot of body language too, you know? So there's, so it's, we're, we're just all having to adapt, but um, something you mentioned earlier about how yogas and your, your meditation and pranayama practice supports like life, like a balanced life. I forget the words you used exactly, but that, that health and wellness kind of, you know, like it just gives us this, um, uh, connection with living that that I mean that's why I'm passionate about it and I'm drawn to people that are kind of on the path of of living yoga like you know as a lifestyle like like you are and like Chuck and um, so yeah and I you know I've got a you know city yoga has always been a very community oriented uh, studio. And I think like, you know, com- coming out of this, like we're, <clears throat> when, when we do eventually get to come out of it, <laughs> like sometime ne- in, the, in the distant future, um, <laughs> there's like, uh, in some ways we're becoming closer as a community because we're um, more in tune with the needs of the community. Um, and I mean, that, that the teacher training, we just, the advanced, like the 300 hour we wrapped up with Rolf, man, we, we did this fundraiser for uh, uh, Gleaner's Food Bank. And it was all online. And uh, we had uh, put together like 15 workshops, everything from chair yoga to myofascia release to, you know, it was like great, I mean, it was a great cohort of amazing, talented teachers. And um, 15 workshops over a week and, and raised like um, $23,000 over, over. And wow. the people at Gleaners were just like blown away. They're like, yeah, we thought you guys might raise a couple thousand bucks or something, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, but, but it was so important because they recently just had their busiest week of feeding families since COVID started. And and just like the the lines at the food pantries and because um, of curbside pickup and that, you know, kind of trying to keep people safe. But we wanted to make sure that what we could do is get healthy food to people. So we earmarked all the money for produce and they, they came back and said, like, just so you guys know, that's enough funds for us to purchase 164,000 pounds of produce. Wow. <laughs> and they have a hundred food pantries they supply. So like, and just, and one of their locations and like in three days served 4,500 families, oh you know, God. so like, so like there's a big need for, you know, there's a lot of food insecurity out there right now. Um, but that's what I mean about community and coming closer together and, and um, just showing up to see what we can do to help each other out. 
um, I think there's um, like a strong sense of that. And I'm, and I'm hoping I brought all that up because I'm, I'm hoping that that in the future that, and I've always kind of believed this, but it's been caught up in the minutia of day to day running the studio that, that we can become more of a community center, you know, than a, like a, than a retail kind of business, if that makes sense, you know, and I've, I've like always kind of felt in my heart. That's, that's what we kind of should be doing anyway. So we've, and, and, and a lot of studios have tried, you know, I, I know we have and places you've been have, you know, tried to reach out and do stuff. But I, I think like the, if I learned anything, and I think a lot of us going, you know, paying attention as we go through this or like looking at what's really important, I guess. Um, and that, and, you know, community, I mean, that's in our tagline, community health and harmony. <laughs> So yeah. it's, I've uh, taken a hard look at that, like how sort of like a little inventory, like how well have we been doing, you know, and, and we, and we have a couple of teachers, we get, if we get together periodically to talk about our mission, how, how have before COVID, like how are we serving our community? But I feel like now it's, it's, it's more important than ever. Um, and as a yoga community, which in Indianapolis, I mean, it's relatively a small community, you know, that we have to, we have to kind of stick together. And that's why I'm so excited that you had, you know, came on the show <laughs> and that we could um, connect. And uh, I've had a couple other uh, local teachers not too long ago. Um, and I've got a couple more on the list. You know, I want to keep, um, keep our local voices strong and uh, as well as, you know, people like Todd or Rolf or, you know, people that have a connection with Indy, um, yeah. you know, so, cause they're, they've, they've had an influence on us as well. So, um, so I just looked at our time is just flying by. Oh <laughs> um, uh, so we should wrap it up, start to wrap it up, but, um, so, you know, what would you like to, if there's a, like a topic you want to delve into um, that we haven't touched on, this is your opportunity. Well, well, thank you. And I just want to acknowledge, uh, you know, how you brought up about community. And, um, and I agree this opportunity that COVID has granted us to really take a deeper look and to redefine who we are and what we want and how we can be of service. And I know for me, it has also been a great opportunity to explore how can I show up in this community in a way that is more impactful, uh, in a way that holds more meaning, in a way that is more integrative to bring the community together. Um, yeah, I think, I think, as you know, probably we, we all have, have this new opportunity to, to discover who we want to be moving forward and to 
take this time to let go of what no longer serves, which, you know, in my mind is the essence of what yoga is, right? And getting a, letting go of the armor around the heart that keeps us stuck in these places where we can't bring our best selves forward. And to, to really step back into our hearts and listen with our hearts and make decisions uh, with our hearts and, and to really show up in a way that uh, serves the greater whole most optimally so that we, we all um, get to experience life's beauty and life's joy and life's abundance. I don't know. I feel like as I'm stepping deeper into my fifth decade, that um, that's the question that I'm being asked from myself. So how can you, you take what you know or take what you've learned and multiply that even more? Um, I don't know, to show up as my, my best, highest self in, in a way that serves humanity and that serves the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so like beautifully put because I, I just can't agree more that that's like um, because we have this role, you know, in the community that's it's more it's more vital than ever that we're showing up in a in that more like authentic way and i like listening to the heart you know making decisions from the heart that peeling the way layers you know and that and i think that's how we that's how we get to move move forward together and um you know coming through you know whatever the you know, the future has for us. And, and I know, um, you know, people in the healthcare industry that are having a, a very different experience than those that are, that are at home, you know, cause they're on the front lines, which is, you know, that analogy is, yeah, the, the front lines are, has those, there's just, you know, it's a different, you know, it's a much different world than teaching yoga on a laptop in the comfort of my own home by myself. (laughs) Right. So, so so I think like there's like somehow us as yoga teachers and are have a responsibility to help people navigate because, you know, we're going to, whether teaching digitally now or eventually in the future, when people can come and, and more, um, you know, once we get beyond COVID and people start coming back out in in person more, there's uh, there's going to be people that maybe had a manufacturing job in an essential, um, you know, industry that, you know, went to their job every day through this whole thing. And um, maybe they closed the cafeteria, you know, at the factory or someplace, but then then you have people in the medical world that are going through burnout and all this stress of everything that's involved with dealing with the pandemic at, at the healthcare system. 
and people that have lost jobs, you know, and then, and then people that are, you know, just kind of navigating quarantine for a prolonged period of time. I mean, so there's so many different and there's many, many more than I could have time to mention, but I think we're all, there's so many different experiences that are happening out there that, um, when we all get to come back together, it's, you know, we're going to come back together with this, with these different experiences. And I think as us space holders and like holding the energy of a group, whether, you know, day by day navigating online and then leading up to what's next. um, I don't know. I just feel like we have an important role and I want to thank you for all you're doing out there. I see the, free meditations and the, you know, the, the, uh, the trainings that you've been offering and that we talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's super needed. And, um, you know, maybe I can get on one of your retreats next year. <laughs> that would be yeah, fun. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll have, I'll have in the podcast notes, um, ways that people can connect with you and, and find out more of what you're doing. And then we'll, um, um, yeah, we'll have that all in the description. So, so that's really, really uh, exciting that um, you've got, seems like you've got a lot going on. So (laughs) I do Um, have a lot going on and nothing going on all at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a strange time we're living in for sure. So yeah. Well, it was super great talking to you and, and thank you. And, um, and to all of our listeners, we're always grateful for you to tuning in and thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for listening to the yoga voice brought to you by city yoga school of yoga and health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise.